Hi guys, welcome back to Politician's Playground. We are here with our seventh episode today, and we are very excited because we are talking about reproductive rights and abortion and the entire situation with that in America. Um, just a quick disclaimer, Akshita unfortunately cannot be here with us today. Um, but we do have a guest co-host, and that is... Janique Calloway. Hello. I'm here just to take Akshita's place for the day. She will return soon, but I'm very excited for today's episode. Yeah, she will. Um, yes, thank you, Janique. Um, I'm your host, Sam Autry, and we have our guest for this episode... Ashna Prakash. Yes, hello, Ashna. Um, thank you for joining us, and um, we are very excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so give us a little bit of background on your situation and your, well, overall thoughts and opinions about this entire topic. Are you excited about it? Of course. Um, I am a yep. firm pro-choice believer. Me too. Uh, as a woman who has seen women go through the difficulties with pregnancy and as a woman who has been exposed to the plights and the downsides of abortion, I think that it is in every woman's best interest to have that choice available to her. And I feel like this topic is always relevant, even though Roe v. Wade was reached in consensus in the 20th century. I think it is so important every single day as a woman, we should always be thinking about the state that our reproductive rights are in. Definitely. I definitely agree. I love the way you put that. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I think it's definitely a very important issue in today's day and age, especially with all the new legislation being passed in different states and, you know, the very, I guess you can say, conflicting ideas that many people have. It's definitely a dividing factor um, in our citizens, I guess, um, with like the different ideologies that play into that. Um, what about you, Janique? How do you feel? I feel the same as Ashna. Like, I'm very much pro- pro-choice. Um, it's mm-hmm. definitely up to the woman what she wants to do with their body. Um, and I feel that the whole debate shouldn't even be a big debate in the world in the first place, you know? Absolutely. Okay, I I like that. I like like how you bring that up because I always say that. I think, I remember, like, Ashna, you were in my English class last year. We had multi-genre conversations. Oh, yeah. Like, the entire Georgia, Alabama legislation that was being passed. And I was kind of confused. Like, why is this even a debate? Why is this a debate topic? Why why do we even have to spend time on this? And I feel like the, like, government we need to like pick our battles in different issues that we need to face and this just should not be one of them you know what i mean absolutely women deserve their rights they have a right to their body like there's just no i know it's like one of those things where if you oppose a woman having the choice it's like if you personally don't believe in abortion whether that's for a religious reason or for a personal reason you are entitled to that but pro-choice doesn't mean that you feel like oh, my child should have an abortion, abortions, everyone is getting an abortion. It just means that a woman, when she is pregnant, should have that choice because Mm -hmm. as an individual, we can't speak for the entire population of women everywhere. We don't know the positions that women are in. So for us to say, oh, I'm pro-life because of my beliefs, we shouldn't project what we believe on the entire population of women in our country. Definitely. It's insane. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't understand about it is that they think um, that pro-choice doesn't include what they believe in but it very Mm -hmm. much does and i think they just try to project that onto everyone exactly Mm -hmm. what you said yeah yeah exactly i think i yeah definitely i i I agree with you i think it's not pro-abortion it's pro-choice it's to give people the choice and of course absolutely i feel that people definitely of course i think i i don't want to say they make a valid point 
but there is some basis to arguing against like killing a child except it's not a child and it's not alive however i think <laughs> yeah people need to look at the bigger picture that it is a woman's choice it's her body it's literally her body the umbilical cord connects the baby to her it's, we don't even have to get technical like it's it's, it's just a woman's body like I, I, know, I know and I, it's one of those things that like i get so riled up about because there are bigger issues like issues that actually we I need know. to focus on abortion should not right. be one of them like and it's crazy give a woman her choice like yeah a lot of people that are pro-lifers tend to be men which boggles my mind that men feel like their opinion is just as valid as a woman's mm-hmm. opinion in this scenario because having an abortion or not having an abortion is not a problem that you personally are going to have to deal with exactly because you could be married to someone or have a partner who's facing an abortion Mm -hmm. and yes it does impact you as a partner in that relationship but you specifically you individually are not going through that physical that emotional loss that is unique to the woman carrying it it's insane exactly exactly and um quickly i just want to talk about um kind of my i want to say solution um to this entire issue or like my initial reaction um, I definitely get that people say um, children shouldn't be killed or, like, babies shouldn't be killed, like, after maybe six weeks or, like, in the third trimester. Um, but I feel like people need to look at the other um, factors and the external um, forces that have, like, have a role in the decision that one makes to abort a child. And those are things such as financial issues, mental um, issues, whether that's not being, like, mentally able to take care of a child or whether you're you're just young and that um affects that um but i feel as though if our society in america and the world had some type of initiative or plan in place to protect all children whose birth parents couldn't really care for them then there's no need for abortion unless it's like harming a a woman's life while she's in labor but like the things that we don't have those programs in place we don't have a program that will give a um new expecting family uh, enough amount of money to stabilize them and give this child a good life i think if we did have that we wouldn't need there wouldn't be a need for abortion you know and what if the child is born gay what if the child is a minority what if the child is a woman Mm -hmm. we're looking at those rights that currently Mm -hmm. alive and existing people have and those aren't being protected so you're telling me that you want to save this child from an abortion but then when they become a fully functioning adult you're not going to protect those rights for them then that's that's blasphemous wow i really like i I like i like that i have never thought about that before that like you're bringing i saw that on a protest sign i thought it was really interesting i like that um (laughs) jenny um i was just thinking about the adoption process and how people who are on pro-life say they want to save these children but then when it comes to children in like foster homes and in certain adoption centers they don't really care that much for them you know they care so much before it's born but then afterwards they don't care at all at the number of children that are in like an adoption setting or in like an orphanage or something like that they just don't show that same amount of fight for those kids which is really sad um like and exactly what Asha said, like they're pro life until they actually become a fully functioning adult who don't have the same rights as they do. Yeah, it's kind of like and this is kind of getting off topic a little bit, but it's kind of like when 
um, you know, your whole life, the uh, adults, like, kind of, not, I want to say push you, but they encourage you to, like, join your, join the army, serve your nation, but then when you come home from fighting, Mm -hmm. they don't want to protect you, they don't want to give you rights, you're most are left homeless, it's kind of like that, it's that, like, paradox almost in what's happening, and I think, I, I, I haven't really thought about that until now, that we don't see that a lot, and we don't think about that a lot, like, Mm-hmm. obviously i know i've thought about like oh like obviously if this woman doesn't have the money to pay for a child like they're gonna end up in a bad life they're gonna end up in a foster home but like other things even if you do have that financial stability what well, like you said well if they're born a minority like they're gonna come into this world not having rights not- and just because we are talking about the disadvantaged here i think it's also worth mentioning that a really valid point being made is that rich people are always going to find a way to get abortions i mean if you look at the history of abortions before roe v wade these people can afford to have any doctor come and perform this operation for their daughters at any point even in secret and even now abortion centers and their facilities and the things that they have it's completely disproportionate across socioeconomic lines and so for people that are like oh yeah like especially a lot of these people that are very pro-life a lot of people fail to recognize that these pro-lifers are going to be the ones that still have access to this life-altering procedure right. if it is criminalized. Right, yeah. so exactly. It's- I think, like, we ban drugs, we ban guns, we ban-, ban alcohol for those under 21. They're still in use. Like, they're still... still people are still finding access to this. Like, what do you think... Right. Like, And even those, those are choices to buy a gun, to drink alcohol, to do drugs. Those are choices. But a female, like, who has this, like... It's, it's almost a necessity that they feel to get rid of this child because they simply can't care for it or protect it. And, exactly. like, they're obviously going to have more of a drive, more of a passion to get this abortion done. So, like, what's... If you make abortion illegal, like, what do you think that's going to do? Like, people are still going to have abortions. Exactly. A lot of these pro-lifers, I feel, feel like these girls are just carelessly getting abortions just like oh i don't want it like let me get an abortion that's not it at all there are moms of like four kids that go and have abortions or there are girls who go through extreme emotional trauma having these abortions it's not just something that you decide to do because oh you just feel like it i mean and you know what maybe it is (laughs) but there is still significant emotional and physical trauma that comes with this procedure absolutely i was gonna say um they don't take into account or they do take into account, but they just don't care about, like, the amount of rape cases that have produced a child, and they still don't care about it, and they still do pro-life for those people who go through that type of trauma. And it's really disheartening to see that people still think that even, like, a 12-year-old could possibly have a child, and they still want that child to be born, even though the 12-year-old isn't ready for that, isn't capable of birthing a kid at that age it's really sad to see yeah 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 i'm not sure about the exact specifics of the case but i remember i think in 2015 there was a government official he was very conservative republican pro-life and his daughter i think was 16 and she um i think had an accidental pregnancy and he like um exactly like, That's and secretly what I'm saying. they get for access an abortion to for her wow and like he was exposed and like that was kind of like wow like mm-hmm. that that just shows if it happened to you like you now you like are affected it. by it exactly you would do it now but like what about the other people out there and i think that's 
again, going off topic, and I don't really want to get too much into this, <laughs> but I think that's a common theme with, like, you know, the conservative party and the Republican party. I think it's very, it's a selfish Absolutely. party, you know what I mean? Like, no doubt. They're always... It is. They're always, like, looking for rules and laws and legislation and ideas that fit them but no one else not the majority Mm -hmm. but like you know you know it is just that small minority right the party is predominantly white it's predominantly heterosexual if you look at the demographics very religious and i feel like Mm -hmm. you know when you have demographics like that's the majority of the party and they stick to their values they don't there's no room for hesitation if you're a minority and you're in that party you have to follow the majority there and so they tend to make exactly. rules and laws that benefit the majority, whereas I feel like other parties tend to pay more attention to all members who identify with them ideologically. Okay, so our next topic is about Planned Parenthood and the controversy of defunding them and getting rid of them around the country. And I just want to know what you guys' thoughts was about that whole idea of defunding and getting rid of Planned Parenthood places. So I think that Planned Parenthood provides so many necessary and beneficial services. It's not just abortions. It's sexual health advice or STD information or they help you get access to contraception. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of these places are kind of safe havens for adolescents or maybe even adults who feel like they're not comfortable going out on their own and doing that alone or they don't have trusted people that they can talk to. And we all know that the Internet is full of all kinds of false accusations accusations, a lot of biased, a lot of sponsored posts. So I feel like Planned Parenthood offers this really nice source of information that you can go to and you can feel welcome. And I feel like by defunding Planned Parenthood, you people lose that source of information and it becomes a lot more dangerous sexually for people to go and do what they want to do. Yeah, definitely. I think Planned Parenthood is more than just what we see on the news. It's not specifically abortions is all the all these things that ashna mentioned um and it's really about guidance for new expecting families and women who maybe are not prepared mentally physically financially and i think it's yeah again a very necessary institution and i think like thinking about defunding them or getting rid of them it's just not it's not morally right and it's also not financially right either for everyone Mm -hmm. i agree um i don't know if you guys seen um videos on the internet of people standing outside of planned parenthood places and just (laughs) protesting them or literally protesting it's sad they're trying to like get people to not enter the building and to block them from getting in there which they don't even know why people are going in there in the first place. They're just assuming it's all for abortions. Have you guys seen any of those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, recently, I was yeah. re-watching 13 Reasons Why. There's an, a scene like that. Yes! Yeah, the new season. Just, right. Yeah, um, it was just... I, I know, I know. I feel like what I from what I've seen, I've seen videos on Instagram, I've seen videos on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, and every single one of them is just disgusting. Yeah. 
So yeah, they disguise as workers and it's absolutely disgusting that they would try to blend in with the rest of Planned Parenthood to take advantage of a girl making either a really serious decision like abortion or just trying to go into the center and learn about her options as a woman. And I think that it's really demeaning to the whole point of what it means to be a woman in the 21st century and to take advantage of the new wave of feminism. Definitely. And And I was going to say... like we had fought for our rights and this only brings us back more years than we needed to um just the idea that we got something and now it's being taken away from women just because people don't like it is ridiculous to me yeah and that aspect of feminism definitely what we talked about in our previous podcast i think it's a very important aspect of this and i think um when you're talking about that two steps forward one step back always especially with how Um, the stigma around abortion is affecting women and their choices and like the psychological effects it has on them. I think that's just something we need to focus more on and think about is protesting this and literally wasting my, like, what are people doing? Are they leaving their jobs to go protest to Planned Parenthood? Like, do they have lives? I know. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of the day, they leave in the middle of the day, go protest, stay there all day. I know. To disturb these people trying to get care. Like, I think they should focus more on... Themselves. Like, the effects they're having. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Then what... I don't I don't understand that. I just don't... Like I said, right. Like, people are dying out there. Protest for that. Like I know. Real people, not children. Like, not unborn children. For me, it's like, listen. If you personally, for whatever religious reason, don't like abortion or for a personal reason you don't like abortion or you think it's murder or etc etc that's fine Mm -hmm. you can stay home and why don't you prevent your kids Mm -hmm. from going to Planned Parenthood why don't you go make a barricade around your house they can't go to Planned Parenthood or get an abortion elsewhere but you don't get to make decisions for other women who aren't in your position who don't share your same beliefs so stop barricading the center it's stupid yeah exactly I think you put it really well I think that's definitely it's it's really something where you need to respect other people and respect yourself at the same time you can't be so aggressive that like you lose your self-respect and like i was saying like you 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 leave your work to like protest and like you're not you're like where's your life what do you have stuff to do is this is this like your fulfillment to god and i think that's what some people believe it is and that's kind of i think it's disrespecting it's a disgrace to any religion to use the equivalent to god in any religion and i think to use that name to like justify your negative goals and um ideas i think that's just not okay with your religion it's not okay with like morally in your life and the lives you're affecting i think people just need to take a step back and really think about the outcomes of what they're doing yep it's like everyone's in everyone else's business when they shouldn't be you know it's not everyone's exactly. problem to deal with or everyone's issue to face in life. They just like mm-hmm. to put themselves in the place of it instead. Yeah, I think like religious zealots exactly. like get away with a lot by using religion as a cover. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can use religion as a cover, as an excuse to an extent, because if you start using religion to justify your opinion over everyone else's, to justify why your viewpoint is supreme, then that's that's just not how that works you can have religion as an excuse for yourself but you cannot superimpose your religion on other people who might view it differently exactly
Okay, so something I just want to talk about is the whole debate and the emergence of, you know, whether contraception should be illegal or um, whether there should be a price tag on condoms, plan B, um, any type of um, pill, just any contraceptive. Um, How do you guys feel about that? So, so I know that in colleges, and I could be totally mistaken about this, but contraceptives like condoms are free and condoms tend to be very cheap. You can buy them almost anywhere. It's safe. There's many brands. It's very accessible. So I think that, you know, condoms are definitely very accessible. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the price or the legislation revolving around condoms is going to change because, and this might be a radical viewpoint, it's a men's contraception device. So it's always going to be accessible because the guys in charge are all men. Oh, no. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. on the other hand, if you look at, yeah. you know, female contraception, there are so many different kinds and so many girls don't know about it because a lot of schools mm-hmm. don't employ the um, safe sex initiative in their health classes where instead they promote abstinence and condoms yeah. and that's it. And that's what they call a good sex education. So I think that if you're going to make it difficult for women to access contraception, then you are going to have to legalize abortion. Like that's, that's it. You are going to have to give somewhere. Either you make it possible so that women can have safe sex and women, cause you know, women deserve to have the freedom that men do when it comes to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to halter that at the contraception level, then you know what? You better allow abortion to happen because mm-hmm. either way, women are going to liberate themselves however they choose to. Exactly. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you, well, exactly. some people can, exactly. but um, <laughs> like I, I, I like how you bring that like gender role, like perspective almost and how like because men are like almost seen as superior in like society and how all their all the rules pertaining to them are to benefit them and to degrade women and i think that's kind of definitely plays a huge role in this and the um i guess you can talk like say the manufacturing and the um selling of contraception and i've never really thought about that um between the difference with the men and the women but definitely i think it's a great point you bring up and like you said, you can't ban contraception and abortion. There's there's just no... You know what I mean? Because it's going to happen Absolutely. anyway. Someone right. is going to figure out a way not to have a child if they don't want to have a child. Yeah. So, like, don't... There's just no point. Once again, pick your battles. No need to gatekeep it. Exactly. If you don't teach women about the available contraception that they have that is safe and medically licensed to use, women are going to start resorting to other methods. Exactly. And I think that... You know, coat hangers, unfortunately, were a very popular form of terminating unwanted pregnancies, and it was extremely dangerous and hazardous. And so if you don't talk about the safe ways to do it, women are going to do it either way. No, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, Yeah, it's definitely not even something to laugh about. I think it's it's, you're putting women at risk more by not allowing them these these freedoms and these rights to give them a a legal and safe way of terminating an unwanted pregnancy. And I think you have to make sure that all women are safe and protected before, you know, an unborn baby is protected. And I think, um, like how you bring up the coat hanger situation and like, um, I've read a study in Japan, they have a really huge number of like illegal abortions there and in many countries around the world, because even though, in some of these countries abortion isn't legal it's still definitely looked down upon and it's just something that 
um, you will definitely be judged for um, doing. And I think many women try to find a way out of this by getting an illegal abortion. I think, like, it puts a woman's life at risk and a lot of these women die from it. And I think that's just horrible that we have to put women in a situation like this. Yeah, a lot of pro-lifers don't believe me. Like, I argue, you would not believe the number of pro-lifers I argue with over the internet. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't believe me when I say that women are going to get it either way. But I think that aside from the statistics of women getting it, like hor- like through horrible means before Roe v. Wade, I think a good thing to compare it to is like prohibition because yes, you know alcohol was illegal, but did that stop anyone from drinking alcohol? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Instead, they consumed alcohol that was far worse than the alcohol that was uh, that they were drinking before, and that at one point you had um oh what were those places where they sold alcohol that were like. The There's like a term for it. Speakeasies. There were like speakeasies on every block. People were still mm-hmm. getting drunk. So it doesn't. I mean, they, they were just getting drunk by worse measures. Yeah, I, exactly. I think it'll make it worse. It's like even um, statistically, pro-lifers are more likely to be conservative and um, Republicans. And these are the same people who don't want gun control. They think that we should have loose like laws on our um, the selling of guns and stuff. And they say, oh, well, if you implement gun control and you make law strict, like, people are going to find a way to get a gun anyway and commit even worse crimes. It's the same thing with this. Like, if you try to make it illegal, it's just going to make it worse. Like, if you want to use that argument, then use it now. They should apply that to abortion. Don't, don't, like, pick and choose when to use, like, reasonable logic. And, like, I think that's a huge thing with this, like, faulty logic that people just want to use again to pick their battle like why why someone needs to tell me why i don't understand cherry picking what they want to fight for their whole argument is hypocritical yeah. it's just full it's, of holes it's so hypocritical it's full of holes they'll, they'll pull out statistics out of literally nowhere from institutions that are literally. so clearly <laughs> conservative like you can google it and it's the def- definition is a conservative institute like will literally pull random numbers literally i have people sending me statistics they make up on the spot like, on spot, <laughs> you think I'm not going to ask you where your sources are? <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, according to a survey, this one guy was like, according to a survey, when women were told that abortions would be illegal, they decided not to have them. That makes no sense. What poll is that? Like, please Who tell me, that? because then we can then we can have that discussion. At but you're going to pull that out of nowhere then. Oh, that's comedic. Like, oh, that, that's so true. The way that people will literally pull numbers out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I know. And then when you pull out all the right numbers then they just leave then they just won't even talk to you anymore then it's like about stuff like oh that was like that was fake or like you like (laughs) no it's right here like the numbers google it put it through google i promise you you will find something yes uh, i think that's enough digression um i think we need to definitely talk about roe v wade you know the biggest case that has to do with abortion and reproductive rights um, for the listeners who don't know, Roe v. Wade was a court case presented to the Supreme Court in 1973, and the Supreme Court ruled this, um, they ruled that reprodu- women deserve reproductive rights and can't have abortions, and that was kind of, like, on the right to privacy and the right, and women have the right to their own personal, you know, um, decisions that they make, um, so, like, what are your views on that, guys, and, like, how do you guys think that lawsuits has played a role in you know present day issues so i think that roe v wade is so important for 
a variety of reasons. Firstly, Roe v. Wade definitely enshrined a lot of rights that we are entitled to as citizens about our penumbras of privacy, about what the government can and can't do, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and about what rights we have with our body. Um, As you guys probably know, these court cases are definitely instrumental in establishing precedents and ensuring that the government doesn't do anything to breach them. And I feel like Roe v. Wade was so important for that constitutional reason. On the other hand, Roe v. Wade was also very critically important in women's rights. And this was in a period of progression when America Mm -hmm. was slowly becoming more liberal, becoming more accepting of other views. And this was part of the major feminist movement that came up around this time. And so Roe v. Wade was kind of that culminating centerpiece that just brought it all together, that was the payoff of all these years of women's suffrage and and the protests and everything. And so Roe v. Wade is so important because of that. And I think that because of that, Roe v. Wade has become a symbol for women's liberation and the feminist movement everywhere. We as women can look back to Roe v. Wade as our as one of the many defining moments in history where the government has taken our side, where our rights as women are legally protected. And unfortunately, in America's history, that's not something we see very often. I believe that Roe v. Wade is one of the most, if not the most, important cases in American political history Mm -hmm. because Roe v. Wade tends to be the case that divides people ideologically. In fact, it's used in the litmus test when appointing justices to the Supreme Court or Mm -hmm. to any one of the judicial courts. And um, I think that people who threaten to dismantle Roe v. Wade, people who say that that case is up for debate, those people are very ambitious because there are hordes and hordes, like millions of women who swear by that case and will take down any opposition to it. So I feel like it's very cemented, very in stone. Although I won't argue, it's being threatened. (laughs) Its statutes are definitely being threatened. Yeah, I think there's definitely been a considerable number of conservative states that have like, enacted these laws to um, overturn Roe v. Wade and, like, its ruling. And I think um, these are states such as Georgia. That was a really big one. Alabama, Tennessee, um, you know, the yeehaw states, as some like to call it. (laughs) Um, The Bible Belt. um, But I think that is just crazy how their entire state, entire states are, are making it completely legal for the millions of women who live in them to complete this action that, you know, is necessary in their lives and that they need, they need this. They truly do. And I think that's just crazy that we, we live in a world where entire states yeah. are doing that. Right. I think what's even crazier is the fact that on some of those state governments, there are even women that are deciding against it too, which makes me wonder, like, do they even know what it's for? Or do they not realize that it's for them? Exactly. Exactly. You know I mean? Okay. Right. I honestly, I don't want to offend anyone listening, but I honestly don't understand how women personally can, like, not support, like, the choice to have an abortion. It's the same way that you you can't expect a black person to, like, support the police. I don't really want to go too deep into any of that, <laughs> but, like, it's, yeah. like, it's, like, the same thing, like, you can't support your oppressor you know what i mean the same way when women have been oppressed by yeah um ideas such as this like ideas such as um banning abortion like these things that have consistently you know repealed women's rights and taken away from a woman's 
natural liberties you know what i mean yeah i feel like the women who are against roe v wade are unique very unique. <laughs> i feel like while the while the majority of women are very special individuals exactly while the majority of women are for roe v wade there's definitely a significant opposition within women who are against it and i feel like these are the same women who are opposed to what has been like the third wave of feminism or the new wave feminism they feel like women are becoming which i don't understand this at all too liberated Mm -hmm. we are becoming (laughs) too strong and so their opposition against roe v wade basically comes from the fact that we're using abortions willy-nilly like because of feminism we think that we can use abortions however we want we don't understand the severity and it's just it's stupid there's no other way to say it it. it's so stupid it actually is yeah definitely i think it is very stupid yeah janique did you I was going to say, um, the idea of us becoming too liberated, it's not becoming too liberated. It's becoming as liberated as men are it's, or yes. having as rights as <laughs> exactly. men do. Like, it's not anything that's so radical that you can't believe in it. It's just being treated equally as the men in society right now. Exactly. Um, previously in our podcast um, about feminism, Paige, um, our guest put it perfectly, like, it's freedom is not a pie. You don't lose some of your food just because others are getting a slice you know what i mean like you are not Mm -hmm. men are not like having their rights stripped away just because women are finally starting to get the rights that they deserved in the first place it's not it's not a battle Mm -hmm. it's just the sharing it's it's sharing the wealth it's sharing liberties that honestly we should we frankly shouldn't have to share them they should be like innately innately present innately exact innately present thank you janique i think that that should just i i don't even know there's no more to say that's just how it is it should be like that something that i think should be mentioned is that if men were put in this position if men gave birth then abortion would 100% be legal there is no doubt about it it's just that for so long women have been seen as inferior for centuries and just recently, this has been somewhat alleviated. And so I think people are starting to get scared that women are taking back their power and they're taking back things from their oppressors. And so it's interesting to see how abortion plays into that conversation. Yes. Okay. So I agree with you partially, but I also kind of have to disagree with you. I think if men mm-hmm. were the ones giving birth, then we would be the oppressed group. And let me just hear me out. So mm-hmm. I think this all starts from back in the the beginning of time um, where women are thought to, since they are the ones being impregnated and they're the ones giving birth to this child, they are the ones who are, um, you know, thought to care for the family, take care of the family, grow the children mm-hmm. while the men are out doing um, quote unquote busy work or like the important stuff in the family. And I think that all stems from honestly the bio, the biological Um, differences between men and women and that's just being able to get pregnant is something it's an oppressing factor that plays into your life if that makes any sense huh i think that's something no that's interesting yeah it's something i kind of touched on in our um conversation about feminism and how that really it's because of you know what i mean it's because of history and how we behave as humans towards like mothers and motherly figures that's interesting. I never thought of giving birth as an inferior position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All 
All right, so our next discussion is about whether abortion is deemed as morally wrong in the world or if it should be a morally right thing that people are able to do. So I was just wondering what your guys' thoughts about the moral part of abortion and about the process of it. So I feel like you can't really look at abortion as a black and white thing. I don't think it can be seen as totally good or totally bad because there's two sides to it. Um, A lot of people see it as the murder of a child. And if you are getting an abortion in like your third trimester, you can't really argue that the child is a clump of cells anymore because at that point your baby is pretty Mm -hmm. much well developed. But then you also have to look at the mother. What are the mother's reasons for getting an abortion? Why is she choosing to do this? And in my opinion, I believe that the mother is the mother's opinion. Her perspective is much more important. So I see it as kind of a gray area. And I feel like if a woman is taking that serious decision in her life, then that must mean that to her, it is the morally right thing to do. Definitely. And I think, well, right off the bat, I want to say, like, I know this is a discussion question, but I just want to say, like, when it comes to laws, I don't think it's about morals. But I think it's more about, like, what's right and necessary for the actual human, like the mother. But getting technical, I think it is morally right. Because I just like to put it this way, like, in simpler terms. Um, Like, okay, let me ask you, Janique. When's your birth date? Like, just define your birth date. It's when I was born. It's when I was conceived. No, right there. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's not when you're conceived. It's when you're born. Oh, not conceived. So how can you be alive before you're born because your birth is when you came into this world that's what we celebrate so why are you about to tell me that you can be killed before you're born that's like saying like putting a fire extinguisher in your house like you have that in your house to protect against fires and to protect against them getting big right and you don't want to burn down your house and ruin your entire life it's the same way it's just a form of protection before like it becomes real just like before your baby is born and becomes real, this is protecting you and preventing you from right. the effects of it maybe ruining your life potentially. It's a safeguard. It's that same thing. And I think people need to realize that makes it morally right. I There's no, you know what I mean? It's like you're conceived, but you're not born. Just like you said, it's a cluster of cells. I feel like that gray area um, of what's morally right and wrong, again, it's obviously morally wrong to the people that are pro life but morally right to the people that are pro-choice um and they'll never see eye to eye on this issue like people won't be able to resolve it which is very unfortunate but it's more about the mother what the mother wants what the Mm -hmm. women want for their body instead of a cluster of cells in the first trimester which is yeah how people argue against that even though it's been proven (laughs) that they don't even they're not even a real baby in the first trimester. And they don't feel pain, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They feel I nothing. Know. They won't even feel it. They don't even know because there's nothing there they're to know. They're not real. Because like, they're exactly. not real. Exactly, because they're not real. It's just ridiculous how people can argue that. Right, like for me, I, I can acknowledge the other side and how a lot of people could see that as murder. But I think that... In this case, you have to decide which voice do you want to listen to more. Do you want to listen to the perspective of the mother or do you want to listen to the perspective of her unborn child? And as a society, we must learn to accept whatever perspective that mother takes because 
The loss of her baby is going to hurt her more than anyone else. She is going to be the one who's the most impacted. And so therefore, she has the most impactful voice. Okay, but see that I, I, I definitely agree. I think it's great to see the other side, something that um, is important in every argument or debate you have. And I think um, something you bring up being um, seeing the two different perspectives. Like, if you think about it, like even humans who are born, we don't remember anything past the or before the age of three. Um, so like, e- if you're not born, you don't know, you don't understand. There's nothing to think. Exactly. There's nothing to think. There's not. There's nothing there. There's no you know? flavor. There's no. There's no spice. There's just nothing in your life. You don't have a life yet. You're not born. And so, of course, like, seeing the other side, like, people are, con- like, um, they're concerned about the well-being of this baby, except the baby's not born. And, yeah, so, yeah, I think that um, goes into the entire um, debate that the other side has about this baby having potential for, you know, a good life. And maybe it's, like, the next billionaire who, like, reinvents the entire world and, makes all our lives better yeah when they try to make the child have a life already exactly like I, it's even out i think it's horrible to like say that because not only is the chance of that so incredibly small but it absolutely that dip, that argument doesn't outweigh the well-being of the mother who actually has a life and is going mm-hmm. through things right and the fact is that most um most of the time this is for financial reason and, and the mother um, can't protect the baby financially and doesn't have a stable life. And that's just going to give this newborn baby a worse life. Mm-hmm. I I really dislike when they try to, like, project this whole life onto an unborn child. Like how you just said how they think it's going to be the next CEO. Like, how could you say that as, like, I know. just even thinking mm-hmm. that, which is a very slim chance, but also guilt-tripping the people going under an abortion procedure and guilt-tripping people that believe in it. Um in that sort of mindset of, oh, they could be the next Einstein, they could be the next, um, I don't know, The Rock, (laughs) something crazy. And I feel like even if you're not a financially disadvantaged mom, even if you are someone who has all the comforts and all the means to take care of a child, if you emotionally, mentally are not ready for Mm -hmm. one, or if you feel like your partner is not on board with having a child, or if, like, even you yourself, like I said earlier, if you yourself are not ready to have a child, that is also completely okay exactly and because it's your body your life you get to to choose how you want to live it out exactly i think like when people say well there's an alternative of uh, giving the baby up for adoption and then that also plays into psychological factors of the mother like knowing that you had a child and now they're out there maybe now you're 50 and the child is now 20 years old and you don't you've never met them you don't know them you can't see them can't find them ever again and just Can't that speak for them exactly that there's like that toll that it takes on a mother and that psychological um effect it has and i think that's something we need to think about and i think it's better to not have the baby at all to, than to know it's out there in someone else's um care also the adoption and foster programs Horrible. are like a mess yeah, exactly i don't i don't want to be that person but they are underfunded mm-hmm. they are a riddled mess. with people who just Straight take part mess. in it to get money mm-hmm. it has become a for-profit scheme exactly. and you know what it's like yeah you could have your future billionaire but if they go through the adoption and foster system that makes it like a hundred times less likely that they will because i don't want to discredit the great families that are in those programs because i have people in my family who have been through those programs and they have been you know their lives have been completely revolutionized by being part of those programs Mm -hmm. but unfortunately great majority of that program is in shambles exactly i think you put it perfectly and 
um, yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, so something I want to talk about and touch on before we wrap up for today, you know, we have the presidential candidates, the Republican being the now President Donald Trump and the Democratic national candidate, um, Joe Biden. And both of these men have had history and a past of looking down on abortion and not supporting reproductive rights of women. Um, so let's just kind of talk about that a little bit. Like, what are your initial thoughts and opinions on these two presidential candidates? So I think it is very clear that Donald Trump is not for women. And if you are a woman who supports Donald Trump, I really urge you to look at the facts, to look at the statistics, exactly. to watch think your situation. Exactly. To watch his quote unquote locker room talk because oh let me God, tell you, disgusting. if he's saying that in the locker room, he is saying that in the Oval Office. And I think that, you know, the slang he has used against women, the derogatory names he has referred them to, the fact that he nominated an accused rapist to the Supreme Court, which I think stands for itself all alone. I don't care if you thought that the witness was incredible. I don't care whatever biases you might have against his accuser. But having an accused rapist on the Supreme Court, that makes... That makes me want to throw up. That's disgusting. I think that everyone in the nation is very clear on where Donald Trump stands. I think that while Joe Biden has had that history, he is slowly becoming more and more progressive because we as a nation understand that the Democratic Party is becoming more and more progressive. Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have really spearheaded that movement. They've made their policies known. They're raising a platform that is really tied to socialism that we as a country haven't seen in years and I think that Joe Biden realizes that if he needs to win the masses of the people, that the masses of the people want this new progressive liberal party. And that involves being for abortion. That involves being for all kinds of female rights. Definitely. I absolutely agree. And I think quickly, just talking about the entire Brett Kavanaugh um, hearing with the Senate um, that happened, I think, in 2018 or 19. I'm not I'm sure on the year, but that I think it was this past year. I'm not sure. But um, that was definitely a huge thing. And um, you know, with the president nominating an accused um, rapist, I think that's not surprising. not surprising at all to me. I mean, this president that we elected had 43 <laughs> no. uh, um, allegations made against him for sexual assault. And, and when we nominate him still, he exactly. still had women on his side. And he hasn't even addressed those exactly. at all. Exactly. He's like still I, sitting in the White and House. And Anonymous exposed, like, 20 more, so... He's just still rolling. Go. Like, he's just still going and living his life and being president, and people are still supporting him to this day, and, like, that's just... I... I but, okay, <laughs> anyway. Moving on to Joe Biden, because that's that. Um, Joe Biden, like, in 2006, there was a quote from him saying that he would definitely never outlaw um, the reproductive rights of women. However, he looks down upon them and he doesn't think they are, it's morally correct. However, like you said, over the years, he's progressed his ideas into becoming more liberal and giving women more freedoms. And he knows uh, the, like, the factors that play into it. And I think that's good to see that we have a president who's like that and who's mentally secure to have those progressive ideas and to change up his thoughts and you know, um, Definitely. I, yeah, I think it's really it only makes the world better. Exactly. It's, it's a promising aspect we have as him being the presidential candidate. 
It is becoming more and more increasingly rare to see politicians who are willing to change their mind about issues. So I think something that I really like about Joe Biden is he's very open Mm -hmm. and he is willing to look at his policy and his plans and adjust them as they need to be to fit the demographics that will support him. Yeah, exactly. Joe Biden is really the only way to a better world other than Trump, because he's obviously the Democratic nominee, but voting for Trump again for another four years will only bring us back more than we already are. Mm-hmm. And even though Joe might, Biden might not be everyone's favorite, he's really our only leeway to a better world where we can be more progressive and grow on these new ideas of um, liberating people of the oppression they faced and freeing women of the wrongdoings they've been through such as abortion exactly yeah, definitely yeah. also joe has promised to have a female vice president which is oh, good awesome because then we get a female voice really speaking on our behalf and really pushing for those reproductive rights to be upheld yeah exactly mm-hmm. i definitely think that's a good sign we, that's shown by um, joe biden on top of many however quickly i just want to say just so there's no one-sided argument here um yes joe biden has had um allegations made against him However, they were definitely less credible and a less amount of allegations than our current president. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and like you said, Janique, maybe he's not... Both are bad, but... Yeah, exactly. But we have to look at Joe Biden's definitely, obviously, the better choice. And that's for so many reasons that we'll get into in later episodes. But um, I just want to quickly wrap this up um, and thank our first our guest host, Janique. Thank you for stepping in with I, when actually the wasn't available thank you no thank you thank you thank you thank you um and our guest ashna um thank you for joining us this was a very very good discussion um very well educated i love the point you bring up i think um it was a very successful conversation thank you you as well yes okay so i just want to quickly remind all the listeners out there to keep listening and to keep um spreading the message about this podcast and i want conversations to spark and maybe your ideas to change a little bit um so yeah thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed your ride down the slide on politicians playground bye thanks guys bye bye